Woo boy! Welcome to another titillating episode of Death Metal Andre Chikatilo Part 2, buddy. That's what's on the agenda. It's the Rustoff Ripper. The man responsible for 56 deaths in the Soviet Union. Which is much tyranny and the watchful eye of the gulag. You wouldn't think you'd be able to get away with those types of crimes. But goddammit, if Andre Chikatilo wasn't able to break that barrier and really string together a hearty rash of crimes... Yes, and this is a prime example of, like, if you ever get in an argument with somebody that's a Trump supporter, they're like, oh, yeah, Andre Chikatilo, that's a prime example of how communism doesn't fucking work. <laughs> he loved communism. He did, man. Yeah, he's a, he's the number one communism boy. But I thought Trump was, a, like, he's like the anti-communist. Yeah, man. Um, he's a fucking bung. Dude, checking politics. out of politics is the number one move I ever made in my life. I'd spent like a yeah. year being absorbed in it. Um, yeah, hey, welcome to Death Metal Dicks. It's uh, old KP and Buddy here to give you the dish on another brutal serial killer. You're going back into the void with Christopher Pierce. And Buddy Lloyd. Updates we got to give you. Our first live show, Sunday, January 30th. There was a high demand, so we added a second show. Now these shows... I thought it was 28th. Uh, it could be. It's Sunday. Whichever okay. is the last Sunday... Fuck. It doesn't matter. Okay. It does matter because I work. Yeah. But they are you gonna get the date <laughs> off the podcast to turn it into work? Alright. So uh, you yeah, can turn yeah. it's gonna be uh, yeah, the twenty eighth, but it's All right. right, yes. Um the last Sunday of the month of January. And we're gonna do it. And uh we if I put the thing up on Facebook and it did what they people start calling the brewery right away to ask to reserve seats. It's uh bike rack brewing in Benville. People start calling bike rack brewing and uh, two funny things. One, the demand was high enough that they asked Raj to see if they could get us to add a second show. I said, sure. You know, so you, you'll be able to come to one of them. There's going to be four comics. We'll have our producer, Mark. We'll have Raj Suresh. We'll have me. We'll have Sam Talent. And then uh, we'll do the first recording of the podcast after that. With Sam Talent, okay? And then we'll come back for a second show. Same order of comics. And so the idea here, if the demand is high, that everyone can get into the show. Yeah. It's free. Okay. Totally free. Um, you know, it's a brewery. There's paying us a guarantee, which is great. We don't have to worry about hustling, but it's going to be packed to the brim. Um, so you can come for that second show. Then we'll do the same comedy show. And then afterwards, we'll do a separate live podcast with Raj. So you you will be... I mean, I would not recommend coming to both. For one, I want the seats to be able to turn over. And for two, um, you're going to get the same comedy show two times in a row. You don't want to do that. You know, uh, I hate to peel back the curtain for you, but one comedy show, like I'm going to do, you know, like a 30-minute set or whatever. I will come back and do the exact same one. You know, there may be some little changes, but not enough. The surprise will be gone. Your view of live stand-up comedy will be ruined forever. So just do this. Do me a favor, okay? Um, I don't have the link yet. Roger's going to get it to me. 
ASAP. And once I get that link, I'm going to post it on my Facebook and, of course, the fan page. And you want to click it and reserve as many seats as you want. And it's just first come, first serve. So if you're in Northwest Arkansas, again, it's Bike Rack Brewing Company in Bentonville. Look for the link and then, you know, get what you want to come. Because I want you there. I want our fans there as opposed to people just trying to come out and watch a comedy show. So let's pack that thing out and have a great time. We're going to get wasted after we're staying up there that night. And uh, I'm going to make Raj drive. I'm going to park at his place. So I see no getting in the way of just getting annihilated and hanging out with you freaks. So Hell yeah. come out to that and we'll look forward to seeing you there. You know, second thing we always got to say in case there's new listeners, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. It means the world to us. This is our whole world. We work really hard on this, and we're so happy that you're on board. You know, what we're trying to do is compare horrendous true crimes, conspiracy theories, cults, aliens, whatever we find interesting, and compare those to our favorite genre of music, death metal. And so we take a song, we compare it to a true crime or an alien conspiracy, whatever we feel like that week. And we're so glad you guys are here for the ride. Now, a couple ways that you can help us out for doing the show is one, easiest, no cost to you. You can give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to the podcast or share it with your friends. It seems easy. You just click on two or three things, but that makes a big difference for us. It helps us be more visible. That way, more people like you can find out about us. And if you're really into what we got going on here, uh, we haven't done a hard launch of it but we've done a soft launch of our patreon patreon is just a platform that allows you to connect with artists on a more intimate level we got lots of cool content up there so go to patreon.com backslash death metal dicks you you know we, we do extra podcasts one a week i go through all the true crime that happened that week and and uh give my opinion on it and that's every week and all the live episodes are going to be on there so check that out get on board if that's something you're into thank you guys again so much for listening and we'll go ahead and get into part two of Andre Chikatilo. Now, we left off. What happened with Andre is that he had gone through several careers. Now, Andre is highly educated. He's definitely one of the type of killers that thinks he's smarter than everyone else. And he is pretty smart, but he's not naturally smart. We went. He had a really rough growing up. I mean, he was a product of abuse. He saw his mom probably get raped by a Nazi soldier. Um, he lived in a one-bedroom shack with his mom that he watched Nazis burn to the ground. It was just wartime Soviet Union behavior. He was caught, and he was ugly, big old titties. You know what I'm saying? He just uh, had a rough go, and so that didn't bode well with him. And he also was a little bit um, learning impaired because when he was born, he had water on the brain, so he wasn't able to retain information like everyone else, and he would get headaches when he studied. But where you might be naturally smart, he was not, is what I'm saying. And so he actually went the extra mile to outwork everybody. He became one of the top students in his school. Um, he got denied going to university the first time, so he ended up going to a, a trade college. Listen to the first episode if you want the full route. End of the day, because he worked so hard, went through several jobs, had a stint in the military, which, of course, was mandatory in the Soviet Union at the time, did some traveling worldwide, and uh, really became... Full of himself, you know, and that's what happens with a lot of serial killers. They get that God mode feeling, you know. He just thought that he was better than everyone else. And in a lot of ways he was because if you think about someone who's naturally gifted and they they take the gifts that they have, being naturally gifted, 
and they don't work hard, and so they kind of skate through on everything. Well, he did the exact opposite of that. He really didn't have much to work with, and he really busted his ass and made something of himself, and he had one glaring problem that would ruin any young man's life. He couldn't get a boner, could not get a hard cock. The rod wouldn't stand up, no mustard in the mustard jar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he yeah, just couldn't yeah. make it happen. Somehow he could make himself come. And I'll just touch back on this one thing because I know you can go back and listen to the whole first episode. But the funniest thing about it to me is that he got married and they had kids. And they had kids by way of him smacking his limp dick around until some cum came out. And then he put the cum in his fingers and jammed it inside of the old... Uh, he treated her like a horse? Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he artificially inseminated her with his fucking fingers, man. That's a great time. I guess they didn't yeah. have turkey basters or anything like that back then. So, yeah, he just really put it in there. Not in communist Russia. Yeah. Oh, hey, um, sorry. Don't Don't tag them in that. Um, yeah, that's the other funny thing I forgot to say about the, uh, this will be fun for everybody. Just one, one quick aside is at the bike rack brewing. So like I made a post when people started calling and on the post, I was like, uh, Hey, it's me, the same talent. We're going to be live with death metal dicks at bike rack brewing in Vintonville and like tagged them and everything. So once the phone calls started coming in they're like, what the fuck's going on? You know, it's like 11 o'clock at night or whatever. And they looked at it and I had put like serve satan or something you know what i mean just yeah, yeah. uh doing this type of goofy shit i do on the internet and i got a message from raj who like set the show up and he was like hey man you gotta take that stuff about satan and dicks off and i was like no dicks it's short for detective why does this happen with everybody and two all right i guess i'll take the satan part down and it was like did you listen to the podcast even one time before you set this whole thing up because whoa boy you better lay some groundwork they're in we're the filthy boys <laughs> So yeah, we cannot uh, cannot tag the brewing. Don't uh, fans don't swarm them. <laughs> don't hit them with Satan or uh, murder or anything like that. Just let us uh, be our charming selves and do it our way. <laughs> let us be the stripper dripping out of the cake. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, Andre he's got these two kids, and then he went on to uh, teach, and when he was teaching. None of the kids respected him because he's a big, soft moron. He's hard to respect. Hard to respect, you know what I'm saying? And uh, they ran all over him. They smoked in his class. They treated him like shit, like everyone else had, which is a normal cycle for him, so I don't know why he was so concerned about it. Then he finally figured out a way to become the bully. He started molesting the kids. You know, He started holding kids in the classroom and fingering them and the type of things that terrible people do with kids when they get alone and that's how he started to build a cycle up there's always a ramp up yeah we see that in every single serial killer and this is his trajectory you know picked on and now this is how he turns the table you know and this is what it's, i don't think a serial killer is ever cool you know i don't think that it's rad that they go and start slaying people but what i hate is a bully you know yeah. and so the fact that that cycle happened to him and then he turned around and put it on kids. And there's another psychological aspect of what Andre Chikatilo did too, with uh, as far as uh, abusing kids goes, is that he was a kid when he took the majority of his abuse. You know, he had a terrible childhood, and he was basically like hadn't hit puberty yet because he couldn't get an erection. So they probably had like the Michael Jackson scenario yeah. where he can't get like I mean that's that's the whole the whole thing that came out about Michael Jackson. He's sterile, can't get erections, couldn't come. So. He surrounded himself with kids. Chances are he probably abused them. I mean, he really knows the truth. When Macaulay Culkin came out and said nothing like that happened. Hmm. But at the same time, you know, that sort of abuse just lends itself to another cycle of that abuse. It's just the way that it affects your brain. It's normal to you. So if you or I 
and the listener were presented with a scenario where it's like a kid. We just think like, oh, this kid's rad. Going to take him to the playground and buy him ice cream and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you grew up on the other end of like sexual abuse and torment, then for you, when you see that, it's just you all over again. So that's um, the damper that we have between us and kids that he doesn't have. And that's what happens with a lot of psychopaths, serial killers, is that the abuse at a young age just translates to that when they're an adult. It normalizes it in a yeah. normalized person and when then that's normalized you're in a you're in a bad spot yeah that's it's, it's fucking crazy man. you gotta get help and you know this is soviet russia there's no <laughs> psychiatrist no. to sit down and talk to you it's all quit being a pussy comrade and girl balls go sack go do something mental health was just not a thing it was just yeah like, i mean they wouldn't you're choosing to be a retard yeah quit being a bitch know? and just get out there and put your fucking adidas's on and make it happen so that's the ramp up, you know, he's already molesting kids. And now the big push into this lifestyle is when he got busted, which is all in the first episode. He got fired from his school. His wife, I mean, this is the second job that he lost essentially as a result of this. And his wife wasn't hip to the first part because the school couldn't let that information leak out. They couldn't have that on their hands. They couldn't let the community know that they had someone who was touching kids because the first time the school heard it, they had never heard of anything like that. So like, that's absurd. Just let it ride. Just weird. And then he kept doing it and they covered it up. Yeah. The whole thing was like the communist party. They're like, Oh, that helped. That happens everywhere else. Not in communism. That doesn't happen in communist Russia. Yeah. Like when a kid would say well, something like that, like the dude, they, there's like a cases, I think during the time where they talk about rape or molestation, if somebody or a kid or a woman brought that up, they would uh, kill them. They would execute them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about our throw them in the gulag or whatever. That's basically the uh, time, you know, the, what they were doing, Stalin, they just had trying to iron out the perfect person, the perfect communist. I mean, the whole idea, which got, holy bastardized was to make every person equal you know everyone had to pull their weight and everyone wanted to be the exact same type of personality so if you had a deviation you had to get killed you know or, or done away with because you were dampening it up so stalin didn't see it like a human life you know what i mean yeah he saw it as like a fucking animal that it was a cancer on what he was perfect idea of humanity was and he would get rid of it. And so that's the situation he faced. And Chikatilo was a communist. I mean, he was in the Communist Party. And once you join the Communist Party, it's you're kind of like a made man, per se, yeah. you know? So he was able to get away with it. His wife didn't know. But the second job, you know, the rumors were around. People already knew about it. And when he was let go from that, you know, his wife basically had to hear what happened. And they moved. They got all the way out of town. They moved um, to a coal mining town. Called Shikathi, I think is how you say it, which was near Rostov Odon, um, which is where he's going to commit his first murder. And I don't know what type of salary there was then. I mean, obviously, they're on the hardest times. Now, Russia's doing better than it was when we talked about Chikatilo growing up because the war's over with. I and mean, they've gotten some aid. And without the Nazis actually in their country, depleting their supplies themselves. I mean, it took off a lot of pressure, but they still have the same system, the same type of farming. I mean, it's a mess, you know, it's yeah. total poverty, but at the same time, he's a teacher, which I assume. And, and again, you know, he has got two degrees and the bigger one took, you know, he got a four year degree and then he got a five year degree on top of that. So I assume he's being pretty well taken care of. And it's like a state job. And he has to be a member of the communist party to have the job. So it's probably paying pretty good. And I say that because 
he went off on his own secretly and purchased an old house, which was like a one room shanty. So he was living with his whole family and then he had his extra house. I mean, you have to put your name on the paper when you purchase it and he just bought it and he didn't give any specifics and he didn't do much to it. Kind of cleared out some of the debris and just made it like an empty shack, you know? Yeah. And that was him ramping up to have a place to commit sexual violence. I mean, he's already talked himself into it at this point. And I don't know how that goes on in someone's head like that, especially back then, because you see people like BTK who was studying serial killers of the time. You know, he was able to look at like the Zodiac and see through newspaper clippings, like the pattern of crimes that they were committing. And kind of base what he was going to do off of that. But Chikatilo is isolated in the middle of Russia and is communist. So he has got no way of seeing any outside media or learning that there's someone else like him. Now, I don't know if this had happened in Russia before and had been well documented. But I think that he was his own animal. I think he basically just made a decision to kill, got the house for that. Or maybe he was trying to have a secret place where he could take a prostitute. I don't know. But that that would be one of those things where you're like on a diet. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to like totally eat good. And then you end up at like a Chili's. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you yeah. knew you were going to that shithole. Well, it's all grass fed and shit, you know? And then you're like, <laughs> yeah. I'll take the queso chili dip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you knew you were going to that place. You knew that you were making this decision. So he gets the apartment. And then on December, this is uh, 1978. Which, I don't know, I can't remember. I mean, he's like 40-something yeah. right now, right? Yeah. So on the 22nd of December, Chikatilo lured a nine-year-old girl named Yelena Zaktanova to a house which he secretly purchased. Oh, yeah, it fuck, fucked up. <laughs> he attempted to rape her, but, of course, failed to achieve an erection. When the girl struggled, he choked her and stabbed her three times in the abdomen. And now, this is what really pushes him over the edge, is that he came while he was stabbing the child. Oh, fuck. And so, you know, again, I'm not trying to give him a pass. I'm trying to put us in his frame of mind. When you are embarrassed of your sexuality, you know, you can't perform. You cannot have sex. You're married. I mean, it's bad, dude. Like Your brains, that's all you're thinking about. Your whole life is that. So Mm -hmm. when you find a way to orgasm like that, that's it. Well, not only that, man. Like with most serial killers, they always withdraw into like a fantasy world. Of, mm. Like they live in their own world and shit. Yeah, for sure. It's like I read something about where he was like talking about all these like communists, like Russian, uh, <coughs> like people that were interrogating uh, the Nazis and stuff like that. And he would uh, fantasize about like torturing them and killing them and shit. But he like at the time didn't realize like that was what his turn on was. You know, right. And so it's just like living in a fantasy world, and that's what happens. They withdraw in, into that, and then it just ramps up from there, and then yeah. it becomes reality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because when you know, you're know you in this virtual world, you're in like an augmented reality that your brain is making for you. And, I mean, you're feeding the fire, and it's taking years to get to this point. And then, yeah, you come to a place where you don't know what's real and what's fake. And then you physically put the knife in somebody, and you come mm. your pants, and it's like, well, I guess everything's true. This is how I thought it would feel, and this is how it feels. Yeah. So that's it. You're off to the motherfucking races. Uh, Chikatilo later recalled in the trial that after stabbing Elena, the girl had said something very hoarsely, whereupon he strangled her into unconsciousness before throwing her body in the nearby Grushkiva River. Her body was found two days later. Now, this episode, we're going to go only all through the murders, and then next episode, we'll go back through what police looked at 
and the trial, yeah. which is super interesting with this guy in particular, just because of the 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 time, place, and what was happening in Russia. You know yeah. what I mean? But for now, I mean, there's a I say that because there's a couple of things about the investigation and what I prepared for this show. But I don't feel like it's going to lead you down the path. We're going to get into pure guts. So I know you've been chomping guts and butts at the bit to hear some stabbing and flabbing. <laughs> what was the word? Uh, what did you come up with about stabbing and something, dude? Oh fuck! <laughs> fuck. All right. Uh, think I'll, about I'll it. Think about uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So numerous pieces of evidence actually link Chikatilo to Zaktanova's murder. There were spots of blood that had been found in the snow near the house Chikatilo had purchased. Neighbors had noted that Chikatilo had been present in the house on the evening of the 22nd of December. Zaktanova's school rucksack had been found upon the opposite bank of the river at the end of the street, which kind of gives the idea that it had been rushed and he threw her into the river right there. A witness had given police a detailed description of a man closely resembling Chikatilo whom she said she had seen talking with Zach Tanova at a bus stop where the girl had last been seen alive. Despite all these facts, a 25-year-old laborer named Alexander Krakachinov, who as a teenager had served a prison sentence for rape and murder of a teenage girl, was arrested for the crime. A search of Kravichenko's home... I'm going to fuck all these names up, just so don't expect specific Russian... <laughs> Home revealed spots of blood on his wife's jumper. The blood type was determined to match both Zach Tanova's and Kravinchikov's wife, but it was AB. I mean, they're just having period sex over a car, dude, and it just dripped down. Get that rules. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. That's a ton of fun. Man, that's the way to go. You know, when, lot, uh, yeah. I, I never understood a problem with period sex. It's like if the body is going to produce. The highest grade of lubrication. If you got you a real fancy lady, she'll turn around and pull out that old fucking baloney chapstick and just fucking <laughs> suck all of it off. Oh my oh god! god. <laughs> Go yeah, cuts man. and butts. Yeah, yeah, dude. Period sex rules. I remember the first time. I just remember this. I was like, so a girl was bringing it up, and she was like, "Yeah, it's totally normal." And I was like, "It is." <laughs> I never. Heard of such delights. All right, whatever. And I was like, can we put on rain and blood? She's like, yeah, of course. So that was it for me. Yeah, That's just, yeah. you know, when you're youth and you find the defining experience. And then everybody's like, man, they're probably about to hit their ramp up period. Oh, yeah. And then the period does ramp up and it just squirts all over the place. I can smell it. <laughs> Hot iron and fucking. Oh, man. Uh, and. Kravichenkov had a watertight alibi for the afternoon of the 22nd of December. He had been at home with his wife and a friend of hers the entire afternoon. The neighbors of the couple were able to verify his whereabouts. Nonetheless, the police, having threatened Kravichenkov's wife with being an accomplice to the murder and her friend with perjury, obtained new statements in which the women claimed Kravichenkov had not returned home until late in the evening on the day of the murder. Confronted with these altered testimonies, Kravchenko, I cannot say it the same two in a row, Kravchenko confessed to the killing. He was tried for murder in 1979. At his trial, Kravchenko retracted his confession and maintained his innocence, stating his confession had been untamed under extreme duress. 
Despite his retraction, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to death in 1979. The sentence was commuted to 15 years of imprisonment, which is hilarious that that is the maximum time in Russia, which I also I don't know how you would survive 15 years in a Russian mm-hmm. 70s prison. Um, in 1980, under pressure from the Supreme Court, the victim's relatives, Kravchenko, was retried and then eventually executed for Zaktanova's murder in July 1983. So you could chalk another body up to Chikatilo. Following Zaktanova's murder, Chikatilo was able to achieve sexual arousal and orgasm only through stabbing women and children to death. Stabbing and compassion. Slashing and compassion. Slashing and compassion. There it is. We got to make that shirt, dude. Yeah, the back of it, dude. Slashing and compassion. <laughs> It'd be like a hardcore shirt, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a group fucking crowd picture. <laughs> oh, man. Um, What's the name of our two-piece death metal band, dude? Slashing and compassion. Slashing and compassion, oh, man. Oh, my God. Um, Love tunes about fucking the dead. Yeah, so, you know... With all that heat around Chikatilo, which, you know, he basically just watched this guy go down for the crime he committed. He held it together for another three years. And on the 3rd of September, 1981, Chikatilo encountered a 17-year-old boarding school student named Larissa Thakenkinko standing at a bus stop as he exited a public library in Rostov City Center. According to his subsequent confession, Chikatilo lured Thakinchenko to a forest near the Don River with the pretext of drinking vodka and, quote-unquote, relaxing. Now, we know that uh, (laughs) communist Russia was very strict. They had Puritan ideals. You know what I mean? They were not into fucking. It wasn't in the open. You weren't allowed to talk about cream pies Money shots. I didn't have milk. DVDA. DVDA? Double vag, double anal. Okay. Uh, no gangbang chats. I mean, we would be put to death, for sure. 100% right away. Oh, yeah. But they would go and have sex with each other, obviously, because they're human beings with holes and things that go into holes. They called this relaxing. So if someone, if we were like, we're going to go relax together, well, we were going to suck each other off. Yeah, I mean, but the sex is a lot of hard work, man. Yeah. I mean, you just fucking, you're like, I mean, that's the original fucking Tabata, you know? You're doing a fucking... Uh, yeah, a yeah, sprint. You're sprint fucking... You're doing a 20-second and then yeah. a 10-second break. Yeah. Breathing all heavy and shit. Right. Dripping sweat. Correct. Asking, are you okay? You need a drink? <laughs> you got these 10 seconds to get this drink in, bitch. Yep. Because I'm already ready to come. So, September 3rd, 1981, he's trying to relax with a 17-year-old. They're at a forest near the Don River, and when they reached a secluded area, he threw the girl to the ground before tearing her clothes off and attempting intercourse. As Takanchenko demonstrated against his actions, I'm sorry, remonstrated against his actions, when Chikatilo failed to achieve an erection, she started making fun of him. And it is hilarious. I mean, here's this guy. And he's goofy as hell. Yeah. And he's brought you out to the woods. And now he's trying to rape you, but guess what? <laughs> you got your old uncooked bacon strip just so I got hanging down shit. So she's laughing, and it's hilarious. Well, fuck that guy. And he forced mud in, into her mouth to stifle her screams before battering and then strangling her to death. 
As he had no knife, Chikatilo mutilated the body with his teeth and a stick. And what I mean by that is he bit her genitals and nipples, smoothed the hell off, and crammed a stick everywhere he could. He tore one nipple off of Tachenko's body with his teeth before loosely covering her body with leaves, branches, torn pages of newspaper, and of course her body was found the following day. Jesus Christ. Didn't he like fucking like bite off all of her limbs and shit like he chewed them off? No. He didn't do that? No. no I thought no, he no, did, no, man. No, no. That's cool if he would have. I mean, think about the logistics of that, buddy. I mean, it would take a while. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's a lot of hearsay and things, but he bit the shit out of her. I mean, he fucking, I mean, he chomped her up, dude. Dude, I wonder if she had like a big clip, man. Oh, that's not funny. She's dead, buddy. (laughs) No, I'm just, I mean, like, I'm not trying to be gross, dude. This has got to be a fucking. Yeah, he just ripped it off, man. He just fucking, but he didn't know what a clip was. Nah, man. I mean, I don't think clitoral sciences came to be until, that's interesting. I wonder. He was like, man, I read about this shrimp thing. (laughs) And then he was like, he was like, oh, man, I got that song stuck in my head. Captain D's, please. Captain D. Oh, man. And then... Uh, Tostino's Pizza Holes. Somehow after that, he was able to reel it in for another nine months. On the 12th of June, 1982, Chikatilo traveled by bus to the Baganevsky district of Rostov to purchase vegetables. Having to change buses in the village of Donskoy, he decided to continue his journey on foot. Walking away from the bus station, he encountered a 13-year-old girl named Lubov Burek, who was herself walking home from a shopping trip. Once the path... Oh, fucking shit. Once the path both were taken together was shielded from the view of potential witnesses by bushes, Chikatilo pounced upon Burek, dragged her into nearby undergrowth, tore off her dress, and killed her by stabbing and slashing her to death. When her body was found on the 27th of June, the medical examiner discovered evidence of 22 knife wounds inflicted to her head, neck, chest, and pelvic region. Further wounds found on the skull suggested that the killer had attacked Burek from behind with the handle and blade of his knife. In addition, several striations were discovered upon Burek's eye sockets, which is something that we will find... It's kind of a trend of his. Yeah. He doesn't like the eyes. And it, it falls into a uh, folk, folklore thing about the eyes, like uh, something about the eyes see everything or whatever. It's like yeah. just fucking. Yeah, I mean, he's in a fantasy world. I'm not sure that he was doing a folklore type of thing. I think, I mean, just imagine. There's a myth about that, supposedly, yeah. in Is it, Russia. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, then he Something about fell for that shit. Hook, line, and sinker. You could look into the eyes to see the crime or some, some fucking dumb, goofy shit. Yeah, I'm about to rip this whiskey real quick. Man, I already ripped all mine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bit sick. Sorry for the pause here. But the whiskey is loosening up the old uh, mucus membrane throat and lungs and all that. I got a dick that'll do that. Um, do you? <laughs> no. This shit small as fuck. It's like a Vienna sausage mixed with dog dick. So you soft. can't reach the lung. Just the top. Nah, man. I'm like a... I'm, I but gotta, you, you might I, be able to scrape out like... Uh, you know how I, you get that mucus pocket up at the top by the yeah, uvula? Yeah. You might be able to pop that. They call me Dongre Dicachillo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Christ, Lord in heaven. Following Birik's murder, Chikatilo no longer attempted to resist his homicidal urges. Between July and September 1982, he killed five more victims between the age of 9 and 18. Now, I'm going to run through all of them. I'm just kind of establishing what's going on with my man. Um, and, you know, he had a he had a, de- a definite pattern, which you're going to see. Um, basically, he gets into genital mutilation, gets into ripping eyes out. Um, and he often abducts people kind of the same way. He, he finds the easy way to do it and he sticks with it. You know, he does what he knows and he tries to perfect that pattern is basically what we see Chikatilo do. So, I wonder too, with the genital, genital mutilation, I wonder if that is a, uh, a thing just because like his dick couldn't get hard. So he basically was like punishing them for being able to, to use their organs the way they're supposed to, as far as their sexual organs go. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I I know that there's some kind of psychology behind genital mutilation and like your dick not working right, or if it if you come too fast or you don't come at all, or you can't get your ding hard. You just fucking hate other people for being able to do that. Yeah, and uh, you know the worst thing that happened with this um, with the murder of uh, Lubov Birik, who they called Love. That was basically what that name translated to. So they called her Love. I mean, it's sad. It's a kid, you know, and so he. Couldn't get an erection, and he, you know, this is his third murder, and he's achieving orgasm by stabbing, and I guess you got to take it further and further, and, uh, I mean, he fucked her with a knife. That's uh, what he did. <laughs> oh, God. He just, uh, you know. How old, how old was she? Um, she was 14. 14, 14 wow. years old. And, you know, it sucks that. This should happen. But again, you know, we do this because it's uh, fascinating. It's just one element of the world that we have a hard time understanding. And it's it's just something that I've always been fascinated with. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting in trouble when we first got a computer lab, dude. And, like, when I was living in rural Missouri before I moved to Colorado as a super young kid, like, uh, the last year I was there, they got a computer lab and everything had dial-up internet. And so I would go in there. Like, I would miss the bus, and my grandparents had to come pick me up, which would make them so mad. But I would do it to use the internet. Like, we didn't have a computer, and so they would be like, all right, go to the computer lab and just sit and wait. And so I would go in there and then look up serial killers. And I got in so much shit once they found out what I was doing because the school was like, why are you doing this? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just There's am. A, hey, no, yeah, finish your story. I got one. All right, that's go ahead. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's – that's, and I tried to explain that to my grandparents, and they, you know, churched me up. They are like, you need way more Jesus in your life because you oh, are yeah. straying from the path looking up this bullshit. Well, kind of the same thing happened to me, man, but my parents have finally – like, my grandparents decided to take a bunch of computer classes – to learn how to use a fucking computer. <laughs> and at this point in time, like I had, like I was in school and shit, and so I knew how to use one or what whatever. Year we, what year are we talking about? Man, like probably, I'd say 2000. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, <sighs> as we, uh, they, they decided to get a computer or whatever, and I had a allowance of $10 a week. Mm-hmm. And so, what I would either do is go buy some fucking ripping ass death metal. Yep. Or this one time I went to Hobby Lobby and got a fucking piece of, uh, Big ass construction paper, and my parents had just gotten a printer. So what I did was I like printed out facts about serial killers and printed out pictures of them and cut them out and like glued them on this thing and hung it up in my room because I was like decorating my room. I had this cool Gorgoroth poster. I had a Mayhem oh, yeah. poster with a with a Necro Butcher stabbing a pig in the head. Oh yeah, another one, and, dude. <laughs> I had all, all kinds. I had all kinds of cool shit in there. And so like yeah. my aunt comes in. And it's like Christmas Day, man, and she's like, she's like, why do you have? Uh, 
Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy. And I was like, I just am curious about this. Are you shit. talking about Lori? Yeah, man. Oh no, baby! Shout out to my aunt Lori. Yeah, she's the one that fucking one. got me into metal, man. Yeah, that's her fault. And uh, so, so like, uh, my dad goes, I didn't know who these people were. I'm like, you're a cop. How do you not know? <laughs> you know? And then like, he was like, oh man. Hey, and then uh, I tried to get these tickets to Morbid Angel, Pantera, and uh, fucking who else was it? Yeah. That's a that's a one picture right there, dude. But um, anyways, I had, I got tickets to that shit and uh, I couldn't go because uh, people from my church just showed up because my dad had concerns about when I say my dad, I mean my grandpa. Yeah, but sure. Had right. some concerns about the music I was listening to and if it was influencing me to like these like serial killers and shit because he had talked to him about it, and so they showed up and fucking they went through all my CDs, read the lyrics, everything, and then fucking. Tore my tickets up. Great. Tore my tickets Thanks up. so much. What a great Christmas for Morbid you. Morbid Angel, Slayer, and Pantera. You missed, Think like, about the that. show of all time, dude. Think about that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you got fucked. You got fucked, man. All right. So, you know, if you made it this far, you're probably not shook by anything. But I'll give you a disclaimer. This is one of the heavier ones. This is a dastardly serial killer. I already told you that he gets off on killing kids. That's what he likes. Okay? So... Don't turn it off. Just uh, realize what we're doing here. We're explaining history. This all happened. <laughs> it's not an exaggeration. So what I'm going to do is go through all the murders he committed. We're already up to number four. Oleg Pazahadidov. This is going to be fun with the names. He was only a nine-year-old boy. He was killed August 13th, 1982. That's only six days after love. Um so he is unhinged. Again, he's not holding back anymore. He got in this fantasy world. Everything's looking good for him. He got away clean with that first murder. Someone else went down for it. So he thinks that he's special now. He's smarter than everyone else. Seems like a depressed guy. And then, like, he finds a thing that makes him happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, Oleg was the first boy that he had killed. Again, he was nine years old. And when they found his body, Andre had cut his genitals off and took them with him. So that leads me to believe, I mean, he did a lot of cannibalism. He ate a lot of body parts. He said that he didn't eat these body parts, but I bet he did. I bet he had some idea that if he ate this kid's fucking genitals, that he would be able to get boned up. Oh, God. I mean, that's what I would wager, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a mental disorder that's like that. Yeah. Similar to that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, Number six, Kuprina Olga, 16 years old, murdered August 16th, 1982. Now... He did a. He's getting better at this shit. They didn't find um, her body until the 27th of October. Almost three months had elapsed uh, near the village of Cossack Camp, which you know is the village that's outside of that coal mining town that he lives in. Um, number seven is Irina Korabel Nikolova, 19 years old, and he killed her September 8th, 1982. So not even a whole month had gone by. He was just walking. Um, she was found about a, co- a kilometer away from the I railway station and, uh, she had left home, um, uh, after, oh, geez, what's wrong? It left with his parents and gone out to go shopping or whatever, and then walked off from them and just got fucking snatched up by this creep. So imagine that you're living in communist Russia and then you just have some fucking phantom killer out there snatching up kids and they're not reporting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to make things weird for perfect communism. So it just is that they're just getting snatched up all over the place. And, and Sergei K- 
Kuzman, 15 years old, that was on September 15th, 1982, just one week later. His body was not found until January 12th, 1983 in a forest between W and D stations, which are mines and brick. He ran away from the orphanage because he was getting bullied and then never went back to school. So they just figured that he left the area. You know, they didn't really search for him. And they found his body months later and uh, Chikatilo had stabbed him over 40 times. And, you know, I mean, this is a 15-year-old boy at this point, you know, so it's not, I mean, but keep in mind, if you didn't listen to the first episode, Chikatilo's a big guy. They called him Andre the Strong. You know, he grew from having titties to being, like, over six feet tall, just a regular slav. <laughs> it's Damn. Big old dude, you know. Um, number nine is Olga Stemelchenkov, 10 years old. Uh, she died December 11th, 1982. Body was found April 14th, 1983 on Arable Farm Field near number six. And, again... What I'm naming is train stations. This is the pattern that he has. He knows that he can get on a train, kind of hang around the station, and when he sees a kid by himself, try to lure him off or kind of follow them until they're secluded and snatch him up. That's becoming his M.O. So you just have a kid killer running wild in the streets. Mm. Body was found April 14th, 1983. Um, basically, she left her house to go to music class and never returned home. This one, Chikatilo had cut out her entire heart, taken it with him, and uh, this is the, the... You see the movie Citizen X about... The HBO film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the scene where there's the uh, tractor, the corpse on the tractor. Okay. That's that corpse. Okay. So, did you watch that whole thing? Uh, no. It's pretty good. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. Um, it's on YouTube, actually, of all places. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. So, uh, Number 11, Irina Dunikova. Body found August 8, 1983. Um, she was the younger sister of Chikatilo's mistress. So he was... How would... What? No, that's not right. Oh, dude. Put all this information together and I'm fucking sick. And uh, So this is Chikatilo's wife's younger sister. She was... What's a polite way to say it? She can't connect the pain to, to the, the brain. brain. So what you're saying is she was a feeble. Absolute feebed out. And uh, he went ahead and killed her. She was 13. Um, then he went on to kill Lamuda Kushkuba. And she was disabled since childhood. She was uh, a mother of two children, but she was, like, handicapped, so... Easy pickings for him. That's a 24-year-old grown woman, but easy to deal with. So, eight. The age of eight. No, 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 no. She was 24. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Physically, yeah, I mean, you just have the upper body to worry about there. (laughs) The real upper body, the brain, was eight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He killed his youngest victim next. I I don't know if... Maybe he didn't like that, um, but that was young Igor... Gutkov. The body was found August 28th, 1983 in Rustov. And again, that was the youngest person he killed. He never went younger than that. And that was only number 13, so he probably was like, yeah, it's a little bit much. Even for old Andre the Strong, <laughs> that's too much. Next, we had Valentin Chukakula Luna. Oh. And, uh, yeah, who the fuck knows what happened with that? There's not a lot of detail. Some of these, you know, most of... The confessions, which we'll do the whole thing. 
you know, the next yeah, episode. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's super interesting because he is one of those killers that just opens up and once he opens up, just keeps running with it, you know? He doesn't have any reason to hide anything, but he does a lot of quirky like changing his opinion on shit and, you know, oh, I didn't do this, I did do that. So I feel like he's telling the truth most of the time, but a lot of information is withheld because he's not trying to implicate himself. Yeah. And they would just like read the name of somebody that was missing or whatever. And then he would just nod yes or no. So he said he killed him, but there was not really any extra details. A gnarly one for number 16, Vera Skankanoff. Um, she was found near the town of Mines. Again, Chikatilo found her. He just creeped around. He found her walking alone, snatched her up, pulled her off into the woods, and cut both of her breasts off. Uh, this one was a 14-year-old Sergei Markov. He fought back hard, man. He really tried to fight against... Chikatilo, which cost him because he got stabbed 70 times with a knife and got his genitals amputated and in his butthole was sperm. Which, you know, he couldn't get hard, so he had to have... Stabbed and fucked? Well, he didn't have a boner to fuck the stab. He just came in his hand and put the cum in the butt. Wow. (laughs) I'm very curious about, like... Did he think the kid would get pregnant and then he would, and the kid would be dead, but he would be able to give birth to the, to That's an interesting theory. So you kind of like planting, like planting a watermelon plant in the winter and coming back at spring and finding a few beautiful watermelons. Yeah. Just like a melon head chickatillo plant (laughs) floating around out there. Yikes, man. What a (laughs) fucking, this guy is definitely a feed, man. I don't care what anybody says. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you'll Google him and you see the videos of how he was acting when he got picked up. He's a fucking idiot. Um, Next, we have Natalia Chapolinia, 17. Um, The body was found the 10th of January, 1984. She was killed the day before of Rostov, his hometown. She was stabbed 28 times. Again, just raging, raging, you know? Getting pure pleasure from stabbing, genital mutilation, stabbed out her eyes, stabbed her vagina. Cleaver to the beaver, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. And then next was one of his older victims, the oldest victim, Rabinenko March. She was 45, and uh, she had a baby with her. She was an alcoholic, and she was just out in the streets at the wrong time. She got killed on February 21st, 1984, and body was discovered February 22nd, 1984. Old drunk. Stabbed up. That one's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. 1984. So it means 1983, uh, Kill Em All came out, and he was like, he just fucking was blasting You that. think so? Yeah, I mean, he got a tape, dude. Yeah. You think they got that over to Russia? Yeah, man. All right. Yeah, I could yeah. definitely get to Kill This is fucking playing Kill Em All, dude, and fucking, that's what he tried to do. Yeah, here's a terrible one. Um, Dmitry Pastakinov, 10 years old, killed March 24th, 1984. Body found three days later, and Chikatilo had bitten his tongue off, bitten his penis off. And then this is where police picked up their first evidence. They were able to make an imprint of his shoe. Uh, fuck. Next up is Tatiana Petrosyan, 32 years old, in May of 1984, him and his daughter were walking along, and Andre went after both of them. His daughter's name was Svetlana. Um, he was walking along behind them and then rolled behind and smacked Tatiana in the back of the head with a hammer. And now, 
Tatiana's got an interesting backstory because, you know, again, what is one of those things that there becomes myths involved? Now, he had known Tatiana before, and there's a theory. Now, you got to think, at this point, he's up to 20 deaths, right? And the way he interacts with people is weird as fuck. He's not well-liked. He never has been. Um, but he hangs out with this Tatiana woman. So people have put in a lot of speculation. And that's the problem with Chikatilo is when they try to corroborate that with him, he'll admit to the, it being true and then take it back. So you don't really know. But a lot of people have the theory that she was a collaborator. Like she would help him find people or maybe like stalk people point Chikatilo in the right way or help him drag the body off. In other words, she was his co-conspirator. Wasn't his sister's name Tatiana? And then he also, like, his uh, first girlfriend he ever had was named Tatiana. That's what everyone in Russia's name is. Yeah, I know. I mean... This isn't one of them. Listen, all he's doing is really killing, like, fucking gymnasts and fucking ice skaters yeah, that yeah, aren't yeah, communists. Yeah. He's like, fuck yeah. it, I'm working for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what his brain's doing. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, some people said it was his mistress, but he can't come, so they're not doing anything. Like, what's he doing? Eating her out? You know what I mean? Like, did people even know about that back then? Eating her out? In Russia? I mean, I guess, because they're trying to just taste anything. I mean, they're probably like, what are they, like 10, 15 years behind everybody? The 70s was like the (laughs) fucking prime time for... Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Well, anyway, he killed her, and then her 11-year-old daughter, he smacked her in the back of the head with a hammer... And she died, which, you know, he didn't spend time mutilating either one of those. So, again, something's fishy there. And he knew him, again, but it's a small town. So, who knows? The rumors could be substantiated. Perhaps she did help him out. And he didn't want to leave any witnesses. Or also, perhaps she fucking had no clue what his stupid ass was up to. And it was just part of his fantasy world. Maybe it was like a... Like, he cared about him. Like, he had to get rid of the evidence. He had to kill him, but yeah. he wasn't going to mutilate right. him. Like, and he didn't mutilate Yeah, and, and you know. That, I that's think, fucking weird. Yeah, that, that is super weird. weird. Super weird. Super weird. I mean, you would think maybe he cut out their eyes or something like that yeah. just because they, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, so interesting twist with Tatiana. And then Elena Bakalina, she was killed June 1984. Dmitry Ilonarov, he was 13 years old. His body was found August 12, 1984, and he said he killed him July 10, 1984. I mean, it's just on and on and on. Um, number 28 is the next high trauma one. Liamuda Alexeva. The body was found August 10, 1984 in Rostov-on-Don. Chikatila stabbed her 39 times with a knife. And you can see... He just rages out sometimes, yeah, you know. Yeah. Just sweat. that's what he gets pleasure from. I wonder how many times he came though, man. Like, I wonder what's the like the high number. I mean, I probably know, the man, first, the first stab. If, he, if that's what he gets off on, maybe yeah. he's maybe he is staying around and doing it, which seems crazy. I mean, it's all crazy. But if you're stabbing someone and you're like the heat of the moment, your adrenaline's going. It's not easy to stab someone and pull a knife. Out. I wonder too, man. Like the big, like the you know, there's a ramp up period, but some like killers are very patient, and yeah. he's not. But then there's like some. Not at this point. There's yeah, not at this point. But then think about it, man. When he was patient, the numbers of stabs were higher. Yeah. So it's like he just had to get in there and do it, or they're lower maybe. And then he, maybe he was killing more people, and so the the numbers of stabs are getting higher because he couldn't come as much. Yeah. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry. A little under the weather. Trying to chomp through it. Um, thirty-one. Alexander Cespol. He was an eleven-year-old kid. Um. He was just trying to go see a movie, and then Chikatilo was lurking around by the cinema, and uh, he snagged he snagged him outside the cinema. And he said that he had a video of the movie he was trying to watch, 
So instead of spending his money to watch a movie, he could keep the money and then come watch the movie with Andre Chikatilo. And of course, once they got in the woods, Chikatilo snatched him up and he was killed the way he literally died. So like, you know, everyone's died by stabbing. This kid was cut open, still alive, and died by Andre Chikatilo cutting his stomach in half. So when he died, he was in the middle of Chikatilo slicing his stomach open. Fuck, man. Well, okay, I so can't even like, imagine. how are you just like, hey, man, I got a videotape of this shit. And then you're like, oh, boy, we got to go through the woods. Well, the kid's 11, dude. He's probably, I mean, it's not like you're talking to a fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for so, sure, yeah. When I was 11, man, I you should talk me. Yeah. Yeah, talk I mean, me yeah, hell yeah. Oh, I can save my money and watch this kick-ass movie? Hell yeah. Get some snacks later? Yeah. <laughs> um, Which the snacks in Russia at that time were fucking pig's feet and fucking dog buttholes. Yeah. Um, and then the next one of note, number 34, Iriana Guliov. She was 18 years old. Uh, he killed her August 27th, 1985. The body was found August 28th. Again, it's only been like a year that he's been on this hard streak. The body was found in the forest of the town near Mines. Uh, she was an alcoholic and a vagabond. Under her fingernails were found red and blue thread and gray hair. On her body, they found uh, reefer, some sweet marijuana. And while um, they took her blood and then they discovered that she had crabs. So they assumed that Chikatilo, you know, whoever they're looking for probably has crabs now. So they're on the look for somebody scratching their dick. (laughs) Captain D's, please. Yeah, and, uh, you know, she again, she was a vagrant, and when they did an autopsy, her stomach was full of food, so chances are he probably just, like, offered her food and alcohol. Pulled her off into the woods and fucking killed her. I'm I'm trying to wrap my mind around, like, the fact that, like, of... Doing that, how do you? I mean, it's fucking crazy. To me, it's it's one thing like when you watch a horror movie and it's like, oh man, this is fucking stupid, and it, but it's like goofy and you laugh at it. Yep. But then like actually doing it and be like, this is a blast. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's having a great fucking time. Yeah, dude. Uh, number thirty-seven, Yuri Tereshonik. He was killed September fifteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. His remains never got were found after he got caught and he told them where it was. Um, this one, um, Chikatilo was on a business trip in Leningrad, which of course is going to be a great time for him to go out and spread his wings. Um, he met this kid in the cafeteria called Finland station. And he offered to go to his cottage. I guess they were going to bone or play or something. And he called, um, what the hell's going on in my brain? Basically Chikatilo found this kid, lured him out into the woods, took him out about 200 meters, which isn't very far. And he was ballsy at this point, pushed him off the trail, uh, over and over again and uh, thought they were playing around and then finally he pushed him down a big cliff which kind of knocked him out and then he tied his hands and he had a knife with him which is crazy because he was trying to kill him like barehanded you know and then he buried the body there by, which I don't know why I mean he's out of town I guess maybe because he could be linked to it but that was like the one they tried to cover up the most and it, the body wasn't found until he admitted to where it was at hmm. so it's just weird that he would have like a change in murder like that like what happened? Maybe it was a couple of weeks, and he just, he went out to town too. It's not like he was in his normal area. Maybe it's like you're jerking to porn, and then you're like, "Man, this is wrong. I got a family." <laughs> and then he's like having like second thoughts about. It. He's like, "I'll just kill him. I don't want to fuck him or nothing. I'm just fucking, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna make him look like the fucking Ritz Cheese Moon 
With fucking bubbling up cheese and shit. Possibly. This next one is terrifying, man. And uh, again, the what the details I'm doing now are not the ones from the trial. Because I want to keep the next one spicy. So there's more to come with gross shit. Believe me. Um, this one is number 39, Alexi Voracano, nine years old. Um, he was killed May 15th. The body was found May 17th. We're all the way up to 1988 now. And he was killed in the forest near their hometown, Rostov. Uh, he went to visit his grandmother and never came back. He found him. His genitals were cut off and the stomach was open, which is something Chikatilo is really into at this time. Um, one of his classmates told police he saw him with a older man that had a mustache, gold teeth, and a sports bag, which, of course, Chikatilo, I guess, had gold teeth at the time. So, you know, another indication to police that it was probably this fucking ding-dong. The OG 3-6-1. Yeah, man, he was out there wilding out. Uh, You know the the, the fucking uh, theory of, like, every time somebody dies, there's another... That that soul may travel on into another existence in 1988. That was the year I was born. So you could have been one of these victims. I could have been, man. (laughs) I could have been. You're just some weird Russian fucking vagrant that got murdered by Andre Chikatilo and popped into old Ginger Tea Garden's fucking closet. I probably shouldn't have said your mom's first and last name on the podcast. Nobody will believe it. (laughs) Yikes. All right, uh, and then the next murder that he killed uh, was Everin Muragtov, 15 years old. It was a college student. Chikatilo cut his genitals off and stole a pocket watch, which will come into play later. It had an inscription specifically to him from his aunt and uncle. 41st victim, Tatiana Rizkov, 16 years old, killed March 8th, 1989, and they found her body the very next day in a manhole in mines, which is where Chikatilo did a lot of his murders because it was right off that train station path. Chikatilo took her to his daughter's apartment. Um, You know, his daughter had been married, got divorced. The husband and her, obviously, they get, get divorced, you move out, the apartment was empty, so he had a new killing place. He took the the victim there, and uh, he dismembered her entire corpse. This is probably the one you're thinking of because he cut the head and the legs off with a kitchen knife. He wrapped the remains. This is the most Russian shit of all time. He wrapped her remains in a tracksuit. <laughs> what? I swear to God, dude. And newspapers. <laughs> and wow. then uh, he took the human remains to a wasteland and then threw them in a manhole. And according to one version of the story, he borrowed a sled from a neighbor. And then what Chikatilo said is that he simply selected a street of where only an old woman lived and then carried the sled across train tracks, offered to help some guy while he was doing it. And I guess he was, I'm sorry, some guy offered Chikatilo help. (laughs) And he was freaked out, but he's like, all right, whatever, man, I'm old. He was all old and shit. So the guy helped him carry that shit. How was John? Oh, everything smelled bad. So there's I, everything yeah, smells the same, stinks, bro. And plus, it's fresh, dude. I mean, it just probably smells like period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, "Hey, man, you're gonna get rid of it." <laughs> yeah, this tracksuit was uh, very important, you know. He's like, "Man, I might come back and like dig it up later and resell it, you know, on street shit." Yeah, yeah. This next one's gnarly, gnarly, gnarly. And this is number forty-four, Elena Varga. She was nineteen years old. This is when he finds out what his real appetite is for. The body. He, she was murdered August nineteenth, nineteen eighty-nine. Body was found September first. She was a student from Hungary, and she had a small child herself. So Chikatilo 
had been talking with her. He offered to meet her at a bus stop and carry her bags from her because she had, he had seen her carrying a bunch of shit day after day. So once he got with her, he told her that there was a shortcut how to get back. And of course, as soon as they got into the woods, he fucking snagged her off, cut her breasts off, cut her uterus out, cut her face off. And then he called all these trophies. He tried to hang on to all of them. He kept her clothes, wrapped them up in that. And then uh, once he got home, that is when Chickatillo decided to give that old uterus a taste. Did he fry it? Uh, he just ate that motherfucker. No, he sashimi it. Yeah, he just straight ate her uterus. He said it was real spongy <laughs> and a chewy texture about it that he found quite nice. So basically, he's got... Three pieces of bubble yum in his mouth, and it's this poor girl's fucking uterus. Man, you know how you go to the store, and you're like, man, I got to buy some more of those old scrub things for my dishes just to wash them up, dude. I wonder if he used an old snatch. He, wouldn't, he just throw it in the washer every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it'll get old, you know, smell bad. Uh, yeah, they're but. very durable, you know what I mean? So, And she had had a kid, too, so I wonder, you know, that uterus had been working out. Like, it had been, you know, stretched and compressed and moved all around. Shit. So is one tough one. You know what I'm saying? Um, number 45, Alexei Kovatov, 10 years old. Body found December 12th, 1990. My birthday. He was killed August 28th. Um, they found the body in the cemetery of mines. Chikatilo had dug up one of the graves and buried him. And, uh, you know, again, he's just going off the beaten path. Which, you know, th- this wasn't a time... You know, barely in America they had come to terms with the idea that they're serial killers, that people have patterns, that they're doing the same thing over and over again. Probably wasn't a thing in Russia. And if it was, he was probably throwing them off by doing, you know, crimes a different way. And there was other killers active at the time. I mean, there was other serial killers in Russia killing people in different ways. So that might be how he kept them off for so long. Chances are what really happened is that, you know, just because of communism, they didn't want the information to be out. So they just kind of dealt with it as it came. Um. Yeah, so we're at number 46 now. There's a lot of... I know, man. I didn't think about like <laughs> what a fucking strong list it was going to be. And we got more killing to get into. I mean, I'm giving you the details police style. And, of course, next episode we'll do it trial style and give you some of the shit that Chikatilo said, which is crazy. Number 49, Victor Petrov. The body was found at the end of July 1990 in the Rustov Botanical Gardens, a beautiful place, I'm sure. And this kid was on the train station with his mother, just walked away for one second to get a drink from a water fountain, and Chikatilo snagged him up and ran off with him and then killed him in the Botanical Gardens and left his body right where he murdered him at. The fuck? Wow. Uh, Next, number 50, we're getting towards the end, Ivan Foreman, 11 years old. The body was found August 17th, 1990. He was killed August 14th, 1990. In the town's beach area, and the city was Nova Chukakasik. Chikatilo went back to his old way, stabbed him 42 times, and castrated him while he was still alive. And in his hand, the police found a tuft of white hair. So now they're starting to get... I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's been fucking <laughs> five years. Yeah. I shouldn't say they're starting to get... I mean, they had to fucking shoot... You know, they've got enough evidence to... I think I wonder if the the pain and the screaming is what makes him come because like if he's cutting off balls like he's alive it's got to be that you know it's got to be like he's like man I can stab him forty six times I come three times but if I cut his balls off before he dies I'll come like real hard and then I got three more to go 
Maybe that, or maybe he just uh, Fuck, dude, was crazy. in a rage, man, just blind rage, fucking got into it, because, you know, your adrenaline spikes up, and again, it's hard. It would be so hard to cut someone's fucking balls off, dude. Even, a, like, a kid, man, fucking hell. Unless screaming was your thing that turned you on. Yeah, that's true, if it didn't bother him. I mean, I'm sure it didn't, or maybe he was, like, you know, binding their mouth. Dude, he peeled a bitch's face off and wrapped it in an Adidas jumpsuit. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, the next one, he killed another feep, 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 feep. This is number 51, Vadim Gromov. He was 16 years old. The body was found October 21st, 1990. The kid suffered from, uh, you know, mental development issues. Chikatilo stabbed him 27 times, bit his tongue off, and bit his testicles. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's, again, regular, good old-fashioned Chikatilo. No grave burying. Uh, 52. 16-year-old Victor Tyshenko. The body was found November 2nd, 1990 in the forest near the town of Mines. Um, this kid is one of the, you know, this evidence is going to be crucial because he had bitten Chikatilo's middle finger. Took a big old chunk out of it. So, you know, Fuck. that's going to come into play next episode. And then the last victim is number 53. And th- this is only the bodies that they recovered, right? So there's more. And he admitted to 56. Um, she's 22 years old. He killed her on November 6, 1990, his last murder on record. The body was found one week later, November 13, 1990, in the forest near the train station, Donna Scott's Koritz. Uh, she was a prostitute. Chekatillo found her alone, offered her sex when she went with him in the woods. He fucking, while she was alive, bit out her tongue, cut her breasts off, and took the breasts and tongue with him, which, of course, police would recover. Yeah. That's it, man. That's Dude, a grisly list. Once they once they figure out like uh, the whole thing with like South Korea and shit, I wonder how many fucking serial killers there were. Dude. There are maybe right North now. Korea, North Korea, yeah. Because like, do the I dudes? Know, I mean, because it's like it's a rough environment. Yeah, your parents have to be so mad about the way things are going on. They're abusing the shit out of you. Well, I don't know. They can't be. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any documentaries, but I, I, you know, they're so afraid of surveillance. It's not even that they're afraid. They're straight programmed. I mean, these people legitimately love Kim Jong Un. I mean, they've. They, I mean, we're talking generations. They're just programmed. Like the, they don't have any outside information. Yeah. So they don't know a different way of life. They've never seen anything else, and their great grandparents never saw anything else. So the way of life that they have in North Korea is all they know. They don't know. You know, but what if it's like some dude that's got a fucking twisted idea about sure. how like they don't like Kim Jong Un, and so he's like, "I'm gonna kill them all." <laughs> I'm sure that that exists, but I just don't see how. I mean, it's a huge country. I'm sure that there's been serial killers um, throughout, and I'm sure it's been handled the same way. You know, a totalitarian, totalitarian society. Uh, if that happens, they don't want that information to leak out because you know, of course, Kim Jong Un could just show up himself and stop the murders from happening right away just simply by being a majestic god. I'm sure it's happened. Of course it's happened. What if God's told you to do it? I mean, what if Kim Jong-un is God? That's something, that's a possibility that a lot of people aren't willing to come to terms with. There's a very good chance that Kim Jong-un is perhaps God. I mean, he talks to dolphins. He climbs Mount Everest by himself. He can go to space. He can breathe in outer space with no space suit. Ooh, he can breathe in water, dude. He's he got to. himself made nuclear weapons with, you know, just did it. Um, he is the most powerful 
military leader of all time. He knows how to fight better than anyone else. He's beautiful. So what you're saying is he is the real life Little Mermaid. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's probably God, dude. Like, if you just gotta face the facts. If you've seen North Korea's internet, there's 52 websites dedicated to all the great works of Kim Jong Un. So he very well could be God. So Man, I don't yeah, know. they filtered out all the bullshit. And they're like, these 52 websites are the real thing. These are yeah. the only ones you need to worry about. Correct. Man, well, that's it for this week of Andre Chikatilo. Next week, uh, you know, we're gonna go into the trial. Chickatillo's confession. We'll get basically I'm not going to recap all the murders one by one, but we'll see what he has to say in his confessions about why he did certain things, which things he did or didn't do, and I think that lays out for an interesting contrast. So, of course, tune in next week to Death Metal Dicks. The song we chose this week to compare this brutal string of crimes to because of what Andre Chickatillo was into. The only thing that made sense to us was a classic, and I mean classic death metal song, Cannibal Corpses, Fucked with a Knife. And before I do that, I'm going to finish off this whisk so I can really get in the mood for a romantic occasion. Oh, man, he pounded that whiskey. If you're not watching on YouTube, now's a great time to tell you that we put out the podcast on YouTube every week, which I think we're going to stop soon because if you're a patron, you get the podcast early. Uh, I don't think we get a ton of views on this. I don't really see the goddamn point. What about you, buddy? Uh, I don't give a shit either way. Yeah, me neither. As long as people are listening, they like I'm the fucking shit. tired of social media. I like having fun, man. I don't give a fuck, man. Yeah, this is fun to me. All right, let's read these lyrics. Cannibal Corpse fucked with a knife. Fucked with a knife, no escape from your fate, destined to be mine. Every night I wait to see in the dark, watching, stalking your every move. I know when you're all alone, all alone. Tied tight to the bed, legs spread open, bruised flesh, lacerations, skin stained with blood. I'm the only one you love, I feel her heart beating, my knife deep inside her crotch is bleeding. She liked the way it felt inside her. Fucking her harder, harder. <laughs> she liked the way it felt inside her. <coughs> fucking her harder, harder. Yeah, Chris Barnes, man. Let's just uh, take <laughs> a moment to... He just turned 50. <laughs> yeah, man. Of course he did. Stuck it in. <laughs> no, he really did. I know. That's just ridiculous. Oh, God. Stuck it in. Ripped the skin. Carve and twist, torn flesh. From behind, I cut her crotch. In her ass, I stuck my cock. Killing as I come. Oh, God. Alex Webster and Chris Barnes wrote this. I think that's a perfect song for what we just did. I mean, it had to have been influenced by Andre Chikatilo, right? I mean, that's what he did. He came from fucking people with a knife. Yeah, dude. Well, I wonder, I mean, Ginsu wasn't a thing back then, I don't think. Like, they're not getting some fine Japanese quality home network shit. <laughs> uh, man, we love you guys. Um, shout out to Mark for recording our podcast. He does professional pirate media. They got a podcast on itunes called epis dukes of the blowhole it's just mark and a couple of his friends that are pretty funny they sit around and talk about literally everything so if you want to check that out go ahead um social media wise you can find me personally on instagram it smells like teen chris you can find buddy on instagram at lloyd have mercy 666 could you made it any harder and then you can find uh, Death Metal Dicks across all social media at Death Metal Dicks. And we're just our regular names on Facebook. Fuck Twitter. Fuck them all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week on Death Metal Dicks. Love y'all.